Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. You are listening to Zed Games. Produced live at 4 Z Studios, you might be listening to us on 102.1 FM or on Z Digital in Brisbane or around the country on the Community Radio Network. My name's Jack and I'm joined by two friends of mine in the studio. Make yourselves known. What's up? Howdy, howdy. Who are you? <laughs> Tell us who you are. I'm Razor. Ooh. And I'm Scott. Oh. Great. I'm the polite one. And I'm the guy with the local news. That's yeah. what... See, I like you. Ray, you can okay. leave. All right, see ya. <laughs> have a good show. We're going to have... Yep, cool. Have a, I'll be listening from see, outside. Yep, see you later. Uh, we have a, a show full of local news, full of events, um, full of some pop quizzes that Ray and I are truthfully a little bit um, scared of coming up. Um, but first, got some news headlines. A PC game called Abstractism has been accused of being a front for cryptojacking, a practice that utilizes the processing power of unwitting users computers to generate virtual currency. Analysis of the game's network and processing activity found that the simply designed 2D platformer was using computer resources in the same manner as a crypto mining program. The game comes weeks after PC storefront Steam announced they would be taking a hands-off approach to curating their store, pledging to remove only games that were illegal in nature. Abstractism was removed from the Steam store earlier this week. So, does anyone here know how crypto mining actually works? Does anyone ever, anywhere? Because know? I, I read a huge thing on it, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know how how they make money off it. Apparently, it has something to do with verifying transactions. Yes, and there's some sort of code algorithm. There's there's like a blockchain, and that you've got to var- you've got to there's information you have to sign or mm. so make sure that all of them are secure and that there's no like problem there and yeah. you get rewarded with cryptocurrency if your processor is the first one to have to verify this unique number yes. thing then you are somehow given money yes and that's sort of like minting money and like you know what i'm even in those, those very simple <laughs> basic terms i still don't know what the hell i just said but um, i feel very well informed yeah but same. you know i do know it's wrong that if my computer is being used for that and someone else is getting the money I'm not happy. No, not about it. Not so, happy so at all. So that's the problem, because I feel like PC nerds are aware of crypto mining, mining in general, because it hiked up the prices of graphics cards for, like, a year or something. Like, most graphics cards were priced way above recommended retail, um, and now it's you can download a game to mine for someone else. Crazy. Hmm. Pay money so that they get more money. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just games in general as well now. <laughs> this is a big strike against Steam, though, for like letting this dodgy game on the store, uh, because who knows how much money they've raised from this shady practice? You know, I mean that that money can't be taken away from them. So it sort of begs the question: Does Steam need to step up their game as far as uh, policing the storefront? But isn't that Steam's new policy on stuff? <laughs> is we're not going to police anything? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. I feel like everyone was screaming the answer to that question, Ray, was, yeah, they really do need to step up and be a little bit more proactive. Not even just in the sense of, like, let's not let absolute crap get on the storefront, but also illegal stuff like this. Like, mm, Well, I don't know if this is illegal or just immoral. Might just, yeah, be, like, legally a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, like, the terminology I want to run with on that one. Okay. Um, 
but I mean, also just in general, Steam compared to like platforms like potentially, um, well, it's it's hard to make the comparison with consoles now because mm. just the the difference between something like Switch eShop or like PS Network or Xbox Live compared to like Steam App Store Android Market is curation. There's yeah. just nonstop stuff going on Steam and iOS and Android. And the consoles have some sense of, of like, a bit of a filter because you need to, like, go through cert and all the rest of it with yeah. consoles. Yeah. Um, yeah, people have been wanting Steam to be a little bit more picky about that stuff. Yeah, and they're that, just not interested. That said, the community is pretty good on picking up on stuff like that. Like, yeah. if you go through the user reviews, uh, people true. are very good at letting them their, their feelings be known about the game. Mm. And it was users who eventually found out about this crypto mining thing. Mm. Um, so just be careful, I guess, where you put your money. Yeah, let let a bunch of nerds play it first and hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. Electronic Arts on the house program has been discontinued. Users of EA's Origin client for PC could previously download certain classic titles from a revolving library for no charge. Games previously downloaded will still be available to play, however. The change comes as EA launches Origin Access Premiere, an upgraded version of the Origin Access subscription service. How is it upgraded? Uh, this is like a new tier. It's like, um, like gold class for your cinema. Right. You know, like you got your normal ticket, you got your gold, gold class. Except with this one, you can play the games like a week ahead okay. of launch. So, for example, Anthem, which is Bioware's uh, big heavy hitter coming out mm. sometime, um, people will be able to play that earlier, and that's a big selling point for for big fans of the franchise. There, EA Access never had the entire library either. The premium games were definitely kept off. Yes. So hopefully they make it into this. I imagine mm. they would be. I mean, the early access to upcoming games, I imagine, would be... I mean, they've listed FIFA 19, Battlefield 5, and more. Like, that's about as sort of top-end as you can get, right? Yeah. Um, it's got 113 games in Origin Access Basic, or 119 in Premiere. Um, and it's asking for three times the money for Premiere, um, which I'm guessing... That premium is mostly comes from like the early access to games like Battlefield Five and FIFA. Um, that's on PC. I don't know if there's like an EA Access Premiere on mm. on Xbox One because it's also it also has a, a similar subscription service on Xbox One. But Xbox One has mostly been pushing Xbox Game Pass lately. I feel it has definitely. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, I'd rather pay what is it per month for the Premiere? Like twenty dollars a month, something like that. I'd rather pay that for Anthem than. $100 out of the gate. See, yeah, I'd pay that for the first month it was out. Yeah. Because, like, real talk, how long are you going to be playing for? Yeah, exactly. Um, if you're really into that kind of stuff, then sure, pick it up. Play yeah. It, like, buy it. Um, but even then, you'd probably be able to pick it up secondhand from a retailer way cheaper, like, a few months out of the gate. That's yeah. true. It does depend on your playing habits as yeah. well. Um, if you're the sort of person that lo- loves hitting up new games as soon as they're coming out and mm. you're playing three new games a month and these uh, subscription services are a really good value proposition if you're the gamer who just likes to sit on one game and get really good at it and like for six months mm. then this will be trash yeah yeah. you're not going to play 113 games some no, people might buy I'm that not. much um, um, yeah. that said I'm sort of sad to see the games on the house program go I did get fantastic classics like Plants vs. Zombies Peggle Peggle thank and you there SimCity we go. 2000 <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to check in on it like every couple of weeks to see what had changed, like if they were offering new games. Apparently they had like 35 games in the few years that it was available, but mm. I only ever saw Peggle. 
That's like, all every that matters. Every time I logged that's in, all, I was like, need. I've got, already got Peggle. Oh, well. They did have a bunch of games, yeah, going in and out of that, but how long did it last for? I felt, I felt like it was going for, like, a few years. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whenever, since whenever Origin launched, that must oh, be like, three or four years wow. ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's even longer. Goodness. Well, um... One of the one of Magic the Gathering's rarest cards has been auctioned off for over eighty seven thousand US dollars. Only eleven hundred copies of the Black Lotus card were printed, and the sold card has a nine point five out of ten grading, meaning it is in near mint condition. The Black Lotus is known among collectors for not only its rarity, but it is one of the most powerful cards in the game. A zero cost artifact that grants its user three mana of any color every turn. I don't play Magic. What is it? so? Is that... Do you want to know why it's powerful? Tell me why it's powerful. Okay, so every turn you can only lay down one land, which is which grants you mana. Right. And um, so it, ta- it takes you three turns... To put down that to, much To put mana. down that much. Um, and so that, that way, that's sort of a way of, like, keeping the powerful spells late game. So you can't use the powerful stuff up front to, like, screw your opponent instantly. However, this can be played, like, on your first turn, or even if you use some janky crazy um cards can be played before your first turn um which means that you're already three turns ahead which is like ridiculously Insane. broken so why eighty seven thousand dollars seems like a lot a lot yeah i mean i don't have that laying around for a piece of cardboard and it's a there were only 1100 copies what has There's anyone just... ever used this in play that's what i want to know or do you just sell them they have uh because the card was released in 1993 and it it wasn't banned. What? It, it, it's been banned in most formats just because of how game-breaking it is. But um, it's more of a collector's edition thing now. I can't believe there's only 1,100 copies because it feels like I see another video every other week of someone opening a booster pack and, oh, my God, I got a Black Lotus. Yeah. Um, apparently, the numbers are pretty precise. They know exactly how many were printed. I don't know. Um, it's a <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I don't know why you would pay so much money for that. Like, even if I was super rich, I you know I'd buy a house first. I guess the person who bought it must already have a house. They'd probably have a house already. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. They probably have a lot of nice things. Oh my god, it's so much. <laughs> my god, that was a week in gaming news headlines. You're listening to Zed Games. My name's Jack, and I'm in studio with Scott and Ray. And uh, Scott, yes, you're from Brisbane. Buy it. I am. In case people have forgotten, give us a quick elevator pitch on what Brisbane Byte is. Brisbane Byte covers all the local gaming news and local gaming businesses within Brisbane. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's it's what mag- it is. It's a, it's a very quick ride on the elevator. Be- that's, a, that's a fast... <laughs> that's that's my kind of elevator. So we've got news that lasts a bit longer than the elevator, though. Local yes. news. We have some news and uh, a few events coming up. Hit us with that local news. Uh, the Jetpack Joyride, Boyd, uh, Jetpack Joyride board game Kickstarter wrapped up this morning. Finishing with over one hundred and eighty thousand US dollars, which is almost two hundred fifty thousand Australian, from more than three thousand backers, Harpic released the mobile version of Jetpack Joyride back in twenty eleven. But now you can play it on tabletops everywhere thanks to the board game developer Lucky Duck Games. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Jetpack Joyride, one of my favorite mobile games. It's really addictive, really great. I think it was a pioneer in a lot of ways. It was. Um, but a tabletop game, how can you translate? that killer touch gameplay into a board game. It looks kind of interesting because I think you have up to four people playing at once and you have the same map. It's just like a screenshot of the game and it's basically a puzzle thing to avoid the zappers that would normally uh, knock you out in the game. Okay. 
and there's no time limit or anything, but you all play at the same time. It's interesting. All right. Well, that's certainly a lot of backing that it's received. That's a lot of backing, yeah. 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 That's interesting, yeah. Cool. Yeah. The Go423 Games Exhibition is happening again at Brisbane Powerhouse on August 18th. Entry is free, and the day will be filled with workshops, talks, and a bunch of locally made games to try out whenever you want. That's and I know Z Games are going to be there on the yeah, day too. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It's going to be a full day. We still don't know exactly what it is we're going to be doing, but we probably are going to be talking with a bunch of developers. Mm. There are going to be quite a lot of developers there, quite a lot of games there. It's going to be bigger than last game on. Um because this is the, I feel like this is its fifth or sixth year. It's been gone a while. Mm. It's been gone for a while at Powerhouse. Because um, I feel like it spun out of something, like a, like a game development group or, or something like that. But it was really, really fun last year. I yeah. loved it a lot. And it was right next to the New Farm Markets as well. Which, honestly, like I go there just to pat dogs. Um, <laughs> but then there's video games as well. Yeah, so there'll be... 31 exhibitors, yes. all showing locally made games across all platforms. Mm. So it's a really cool way to go and check out what's happening locally. And there's a lot of great talent yeah. here in Brisbane, like like world, world-class level stuff. It is. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, we will be there interviewing uh, developers on this fancy stage on a you know, big screen. See, I wasn't going to say yeah. big stage, fancy screen, because I haven't seen like, it yet. Have you, you know, like a uh, football stadium yeah. kind of thing? Like, that's that's a sort of thing I'm promising. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to be a big gonna, stage. It's not going to be quite that big. Like, Taylor Swift comes to Brisbane, no. like, about as big as that. Like, a little bit smaller. Just, yeah. I just don't want to set people's expectations too high. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm being real, realistic here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, you're scaring me a little bit because I don't want to host the stage okay. as big as what uh, Taylor Swift takes up. Uh, but. No, seriously, it is going to be like an intimate affair mm. and um, we're going to be getting to know some of the developers mm. about talking about the games and the stories behind them. It's going to be great. Good stuff. I think there'll be some uh, workshops there on the day if you want to learn how yes. to make your own card games and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, should be interesting. More than just video games and yeah. you get to pat dogs. <laughs> the annual retro games markets are also back. Uh, this year, the markets have teamed up with 1UP Arcade to put on a day of retro gaming goodness. Literally thousands of video games, consoles, and collectibles will be on display. So head over to 1UP Arcade in Morningside from 9am on Sunday, August 19th. If you haven't been to one of these before, it's definitely worth a look. Uh, they'll have more than enough obscure games if you dig deep enough. Uh, but make sure you get there early so you don't so you avoid disappointment and get a parking spot. Parking is important. Yes. Uh, retro games are also important. When was the date again? Uh, August 19th. Sunday, August 19th. Oh, so it's the day after yeah. Game yeah. 1. It's a busy cool. weekend, but... There's a lot going on that weekend. It'll be enjoyable. I always, like, go to those places and try and dig up, like, PS1 demo discs. Because I don't have... Like, I don't make enough bank to, like, get old PS1 games. Because, holy crap, they go for so much, <laughs> man. Like, you look for a copy of Spiral Crash, and it's, like, 50 buck, And I'm like, maybe not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the PS1 demo discs, you never know what you're going to get on them. Yeah, that's you, right. Like, you dig one up and you're like, this is a demo disc. It's going to have five demos on it. I don't know what it's going to be. And you find some really weird stuff. Probably Crash, but other stuff too. <laughs> that's all I go there for. All I want is budget Crash and Spyro, honestly. Uh, August is a big month for video game tournaments in Brisbane too. Uh, XP Esports Brisbane is running several events at Red Room Bar and Grill in St. Lucia with cash prizes up for grabs. August 20th, the day after the markets, will be the Street Fighter V Brisbane Open. 
It's $20 to enter, and there will be EB Games gift cards given away on the day as well. I'm not good at video games. No? So I can't really contribute. No. Street Fighter, Ray? Street Fighter uh, used to be good back in the day. My reflexes have dulled somewhat (laughs) with age, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah, uh, great game, though. The the thing with these tournaments is there's normally... 30 to 40 people mm. going I mean Brisbane's not a huge city but you still get a decent turnout yeah that's the thing like even with Smash Brothers like there are uh, there were, I, I've been to quite a few different like Smash events and even the ones that used to be held at like um, Guff in the Valley mm. um, like that would bring like 30 or 40 people every single Friday and like this is like more than you would expect I think yeah um, so it's really cool that, is it, it's not just Street Fighter is it just Street Fighter on that day it is yeah 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 so I'm re- yeah, real bad, real bad at Street Fighter, man. Ooh. But if you're looking for something different, uh, there is an upcoming two v two Fortnite tournament, which I know, <laughs> but for Fortnite is a very big game at the moment. Yes, uh, but it looks like this thing is going to be absolutely huge. Two um, versus two, two v two. Yes, on that map, that that big map. Yeah, that's sure. That sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean oops sorry i mean it sounds great i mean yeah so that tournament (laughs) was originally scheduled for the 30th of august also at red room in st lucia but they've had so much interest they've had to split it over two days okay uh and they so far have almost 250 people confirmed to go okay so cash prize for this is going to be insane oh my god so it was originally 30th of august is it it's still um the first day is 30th of august Mm. And the second day, I believe, is on the 8th of September. Where can people go to sign up for that? Um, just head to XP Esports Brisbane on Facebook. They've got all the details on there. XP Esports. Cool. Uh, but yeah, 250 people in... I haven't been to Red Room, but I can't imagine it's particularly big. 250 contestants? Yes. Wow. That's confirmed. There's still people that could show There's up on the day. more people that can sign up. Yep. Yeah. My wow. God. There's no no cap. Insanity. If you're playing that Fortnite, because I guess we got to talk about Fortnite every show. Yep. Uh, yeah, go and sign up for it. Kids <laughs> love Fortnite. Don't. Jack. We're not. Stop it. <laughs> I, I like called you out earlier. You were like, we can just talk about Fortnite. I'm like, do we have to talk about Fortnite? <laughs> That's what have, the kids want to hear about, Jack. Fortnite. Right triple our listenership if we just talked uh, exclusively about Fortnite. Please. Fortnite is bank. Keep saying Fortnite. <laughs> Zed Games. Zed Fortnite. New show every Wednesday, six p.m. No. All right, and I thought it would be interesting. Because we have Go423 coming up, mm. we have all sorts of local games happening all around us all the time. Uh, so yeah, I thought it'd be fun to play a little game with you guys, to s- test your knowledge oh, no. of local games. Um, I'm going to give you the title of a game and two possible descriptions for the game. You have to tell me which description fits the title. Cool. Sounds easy. Uh, you'll get a point for each one you <laughs> accurately... <laughs> okay. <laughs> a point for each one you get right, and... Uh, yeah, we'll see who has who's, some... Who's keeping track? Do you have some sort of marking device? I can also keep track. It's fine. Okay. There's only five games, so I, you know, fingers, cool. fingers and toes. Here All we right. go. <laughs> First game is called Paraleap. Uh-huh. Okay. What are the descriptions? Oh, I'm getting some slightly blank looks. Paraleap? Paraleap. Mm-hmm. Is it a puzzle platformer where the player can only jump and teleport, or a skydiving game using a parachute to navigate past obstacles? Definitely B. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ooh, I'm, ter- I'm terrified. Keep track okay. of that. Okay. okay. All right. So I went. I went for A. When? When? When do we find out the answers? Uh, I'll tell you at the end. We'll okay. loop back around. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So Jack said the first one. 
which was a puzzle platformer where the mm-hmm. player can only jump and teleport. Yes. And Ray is going for a skydiving game. Cool. Uh, <laughs> the second game is called Brimstone Brawlers. Now, is Brimstone Brawlers a gothic-style local multiplayer game or a fighting game set in hell? A. Uh, B. You don't have to go different. B. Ah. No, I'm going different. Okay. It's no fun if we choose the same one. Okay. Uh, but yeah, fighting game in hell. Also, sign me up for that game. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the third title is called Lanterns. Oh, that's, that's super vague. It is. I don't think you can trademark that name. Is Lanterns a game celebrating Chinese culture using the iconic Chinese lantern mm-hmm. or a dimly lit co-op puzzle game? Definitely B. Dimly lit co-op game. Have you said B for all of them? He yeah, has. that's okay. my strategy. So it's either celebrating Chinese culture, Chinese culture, or it's a it's a dimly lit co-op puzzle game. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna go A as well. Okay. No, I said B. Yeah. No, no, I'm going A. Okay. You're going B. All right. I've got a pattern here. I'm not sticking with A. It's just those sound <laughs> more right. reasonable. Okay. Okay. The fourth game, which I think this might be the one you've heard of, is Kasplat. No, I haven't. Okay. There's some obscure stuff in Brisbane, man. There's 30 people there a game is, on. There is. I can't know all of them. Is Kasplat an arcade game about popping paint-filled balloons or a parkour endless runner jumping from rooftop to rooftop? A. Yeah, I'm going to go A too. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And lastly, <laughs> we have an Aspie Life semicolon beginnings. Is that a gardening game about asparagus or a game dealing with Asperger's? Okay, I know the answer to this one. It's, it's B. Well, don't say that. <laughs> why Why wouldn't I know the answer? It's B. Like, going to go with B then. Sure, yeah, lock it in. Right. Free it point in. for Jack. Look at that. He knows the answer. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so the first game was Paraleap, which is by Ashley Muir. Uh, out now on Android, coming soon to iOS. It is a puzzle platformer. Jack gets the point. Nice. Hmm. The... Maybe you need to rename that game. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Just uh, it's called Paraleap because there is a foreground and background uh, endless running level, and you can switch between uh, front and back, so it's like the parallax. Those good 2.5D mechanics. Mm, okay. Nice. But you can jump to the background or the foreground, and you it's a whole parallax oh, thing. And... I'm into that. Yeah, that it's, sounds cool. It's really cool. Good stuff. Um, second game was Brimstone Brawlers by 8GIG, which is on PC, or being built on PC. Mm. It is a gothic-style local multiplayer game. Another Yeet! point for Jack. Yep. Mm. Yep. Good on you, Jack. Yeah, cheers. Thank I you. I like the idea Real of a fighting game set in hell, but that is just my okay. own imagination. <laughs> <laughs> the third game is Lanterns by Artifact Assembly, also on PC. Hmm. Um, they might like the Chinese culture, but that's not what this is. Okay, cool. This is a dimly lit co-op puzzle game where each player has a lantern and what they shine their lantern on displays where they walk for the other player. It's all color-coded. I'm into that. And you definitely have to work together to go up steps and all sorts of stuff. It sounds like a good uh, parent-child or partner's game. Yes, I would say so. Uh, the fourth game was Kasplat by Geekabyte Games. Uh, that is an arcade game about popping paint-filled balloons, which I think you both got. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that was too easy, Scott. You got to be a bit harder next time. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a parkour game going rooftop to rooftop because if you fail, yeah, you go, you go splat. splat. Yeah, but that's too dark. <sighs> no one's going to put their money it's there. Mirror's Edge. Yeah. Well, speaking of dark. <laughs> An Aspie Life Beginnings is the prequel DLC coming out for An Aspie Life mm. by Bradley Hennessy and Joe Watson on PC. Uh, yeah, it deals with Asperger's, and it is definitely not a gardening game about asparagus. Beautiful. But Very it was good. worth a shot. Okay, we'll tell you up the points, Jack. What have we got? Uh, you got three points. Well done. Thank you. And I got four points. Okay. Better done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you didn't get five points, I didn't, Jack. I didn't get five points, but it's okay, yeah. because I beat you. Okay. So it's all good. Uh, this is the Z Games radio program with me, Razor, Jack, and special guest Scott Beepy from Brisbane Byte. And Jack, we've got a special guest on the line as well. We have so many special guests in one show. <laughs> uh, Jason O'Callaghan from uh, New Game Plus and Couch Warriors. How you going? How you doing, kids? Yeah, doing all right. Um, now... We're based in Brisbane, but people listen to this show all across Australia on Community Radio Network. So a lot of people might actually be listening in Melbourne and might be able to get to MEO a little bit uh, easier than us. What is MEO for those that are not initiated in the space? So the uh, Melbourne Esports Open is on the 1st and 2nd of September. I'm pretty sure those dates are accurate, and I'm doing a bad job if they're not. <laughs> Um, basically, it's uh, it's run by uh, ESL um, under it all. Uh, they're, they're doing a lot of the, the back-end stuff, and um, Couch Warriors is providing a lot of the fighting game elements. So it's, you know, all, all your big-name games, your CSGOs, your um, Rocket Leagues, um, and as well as that, obviously, all the fighting games, all in one spot. So it's at the Function Centre, the, the Rod Laver Arena, Margaret Court Arena, all that kind of side of town um, on the, the 1st and 2nd of September. So it's just basically giant... Um, uh, like esports open as opposed to an esports invitational where um, people can come down, test out their skills. There's a little bit of uh, prize money in it, but it's also just a case of it, we're expecting kind of decent numbers. Um, considering it's, it's been pretty short notice, it's going to be a pretty big event. So compared to some of the other stuff that Couch Warriors gets up to, I mean, there are quite a few other events that Couch Warriors coordinates. How is this sort of different outside of the fact that you're in a, potentially like a different venue? How does this compare to some of the other stuff? Or what, what can people expect if they're used to going to Couch Warriors events? How is this different? So I, I guess the main comparison point for anyone, especially in the fighting game community who um, you know, does go to these kind of esports events and things like that, is we are responsible for Battle Arena Melbourne. So uh, Battle Arena Melbourne is Australia's biggest uh, fighting games tournament. So, uh, you know, we have Street Fighter, Tekken, um, you know, Dragon Ball Z came out this year, the Smash Brothers games, uh, and that's our biggest major of the year. Um, and so that's run by us. It's only fighting game events. It's, I'm sorry, it's only fighting games as a general rule. Um, and we obviously do have some other some other cool stuff there, like we've had Nintendo down previously, um, you know, PC lands, all that kind of stuff. The difference between that and I would say the Melbourne Esports Open is um, obviously it's a it's a part of a larger um, scope of event that we're doing. So we're only, we're doing the fighting game side of it. So we're going to have the two Smash Brothers games. We're going to have Street Fighter. We're going to have Tekken. We're going to have Dragon Ball. Um, but it's ours, even though it's still going to be a reasonably large event, like we've got a huge area for it, is still only part of a larger esports event. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to work alongside 
other communities and, and you know, obviously managing the space and stuff like that. But the best part about that, of course, is that you can reach new audiences and reach new communities who perhaps, you know, know sort of, most people know about Street Fighter and Tekken and those kind of games, Smash Brothers, obviously. Um, but being able to reach them directly, even though they have no direct involvement previously, is probably the biggest advantage of working with those other communities in the one space. And I, I guess as far as um, MEO is concerned as well, like, is this the first time that it's run or is there a little bit of history behind MEO specifically? No, no, no. So this is, this is basically, um, uh, I guess it, it's been one of those things, you know, it's the old um, you know, Melbourne-Sydney rivalry, uh, you know, and, and God bless Brisbane, but you've always been the little brother on that one. And so it's <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's one of those things that was like, you know, it, uh, you know Sydney pushing itself. Obviously, they have... Um, Intel Extreme Masters, IEM, every year, which is, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure, hands down, the biggest uh, esports event in the country. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it was kind of Melbourne's reaction. And again, this is this is a credit to Daniel Andrews and, the, and their government there, that they've been really proactive in uh, approaching stuff like this and, and kind of putting backing behind it um, and, and bringing it to something similar, at least, to Melbourne. Uh, and I think the big thing, this one... You know, being reasonably short notice, like, you know, we weren't 100% aware of it until only like a couple of months ago, um, is it's more, I think it's more just showing that these kind of things can happen in Melbourne and, and I guess kind of showing that, you know, we're not just going to hand off the mantle of esports capital that easily. Um, so if, if people are wanting to uh, just sort of go as, um, I, I guess, to, to see what MEO has to offer instead of um, particularly uh, competing in the space, where should they go? What can they sort of expect as far as pricing or, or whatever else? Um, where can they find if, out more? If you check out ESL's website, I believe there's a direct link from there. Um, but and again, if you just search Melbourne Esports Open, uh, you should be able to find tickets. All the tickets, I think, go through Ticketmaster or, or one of the... I'm pretty sure it's Ticketmaster. Hmm. Uh, and there's different tiers. So there's, you know, multiple day, um, multiple... Um, you know, kind of tier as far as seating and stuff, but also like competitor passes. I believe um, a standard MEO ticket will actually get you entry in, but you'll have to double check that. Um, as far as it, like if you wanted to play in the, the fighting games, I don't believe that there's another special kind of ticket or promotion you have to buy on top of that. I believe having a, a particular uh, ticket from Ticketmaster will do that. But if you go to ESL's website or uh, basically just search Melbourne Esports Open, you'll find out what you need. And if people are hungry for more CW stuff, um, you're going to be at PAX, I think? Is we it? should be at PAX. That, that is, obviously is also kind of up in the air. PAX isn't quite locked in yet. Yeah. Um, we'll be, yeah, there'll be a bunch of opportunities coming up. Obviously, don't forget, if you are in your different states, um, there's uh, some interesting stuff coming up. Um, yeah, Melbourne, we do our monthly RAN bats. So every month we do like ranking battles for the, the main games that uh, we play. Uh, Sydney has York Street battles, which is very similar again. Uh, and there's some, there's going to be some news up in Brisbane. Uh, it's at that point where we kind of can't, can't quite say anything yet. But, um, if you are a fighting game, uh, player or a, an esports player, uh, and you live in Brisbane, um, hopefully there'll be some news and announcements soon that's going to make you guys excited. Hopefully something to look forward to. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason, uh, for letting us know what's going on with MEO. Hopefully we'll be chatting to you real soon. Sounds good, mate. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate. That was Jason O'Callaghan from Couch Warriors and New Game Plus. You're listening to Zed Games. And uh, just wanted to kind of round out the show with some of the stuff we've been playing lately because usually we have a show packed full of reviews. We have no reviews mm-hmm. this week whatsoever. Yeah. Video games. Who plays them? They're all fake gamers, right? It's that dead fake part of game. the year anyway, isn't it? <laughs> After E3, everyone's It gets like quiet. a little bit dry, yeah. yeah. There is a bit of a, a dead zone for the big games, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of little games 
coming out mm. and as well as games that we might have missed from yeah. earlier in the year. I definitely, well, I mean, I don't think Sonic Mania was out this year. Is that last year, wasn't it? Yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've jumped on board with Sonic Mania and I've, I've spoken multiple times in the show before how I'm bad at games and how I'm bad at platformers. Throwback to that, um, that time that I played with assist mode on and might have gotten paid yeah. out a little bit for it. Thanks, Ray. Um, but Sonic, I'm not alone in saying that it's it's a difficult game and you kind of need to practice those levels over and over to get better at them, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's um, very true to the original Sonic games, that mm. being like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic and Knuckles from the old school Mega Drive days. It's basically a um, kind of a, a reimagining of, of what a game like that would be I don't know if with today's processing power, so yes. it's, it's got the, the 2D graphics, the the pixel art work that you know and love. We've moved but, past blast processing. Yeah, but uh, the frame rate is is solid, and the levels are huge, and they're all new. They're insane, aren't they? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, the good thing about Sonic Plus, though, is that you get a little bit more on top of the main. Because we reviewed Sonic Mania last year, we did yes, and it was. I feel like that was a positive takeaway. Uh-huh. Um, now, you can get it at retail, or you can just download the Encore DLC. So, in case you're a little bit confused, because it, it, it is a little bit confusing. Sonic Mania Plus, the retail release, is the same as Sonic Mania and the Encore DLC digitally. So, if you already own Sonic Mania, you only need to download the Encore DLC to be able to get the Plus content. Right. That's not free, is it? No, it's not. Okay. So, that is, like, like additional, like, DLC. Um, it includes a competitive mode, which I... There's two ways you can play. You can either play it stretched out if you're playing with two players. And, oh boy, because you're used to seeing, like, Sonic in that kind of, like, 4 by 3 yeah. like, old-timey yeah. aspect ratio. It, it doesn't fill. It stretches the image. And so you just get real wide Sonic. Yeah. Wow. Well, you don't really <laughs> need competitive mode anyway, do you, Jack? I'm so bad at the game. <laughs> um, but it also comes with some new characters, some remix stages as well. So you'll see like a, some sort of level tweaks, some visual changes to some of the, some of the levels. Um, but Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel. Um, I've never heard of those characters. No, so I believe they came from like an arcade release of Sonic decades ago. Like okay. it's, they, they haven't been around for a while. Mighty the Armadillo has a... Like a bounce, not a bounce attack, but like a dive attack where you dive very quickly into the ground. And Ray can do like a weird kind of like hovering thing. You can glide. So it's kind of like Tails flying, but you can just keep going and going and going. Sure. Is this like the Tanuki suit in Mario? Kind of, yeah. 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 Um, Except you can actually gain height as well if you know how to do it right. Mm. Um, That said... It, it sounds like, oh, you, just might, you can just like glide through all the levels. No, all of the levels are designed so that you cannot do that, and it always brings you back down. Because if you're gliding and you glide into an enemy, you're not in ball form, so you take damage. Right. Um, but yeah, I've been playing it, and yeah, I'm, I'm real bad at it. But <laughs> in case you're a little bit confused about Encore DLC, Sonic Mania Plus, what all of that is, that's what that is. If you own Sonic Mania original, digitally, just download the Encore DLC, or you can buy it at retail now. Scott, what have you been playing? Uh, I've actually been playing around with uh, Xbox Game Pass a little bit. Lately. Oh man! Yeah, all those all those games, and you don't have to worry about streaming. Yeah, so <laughs> so nothing in particular. Mm. Uh, just little bits and pieces. I've tried out State of Decay two. Mm. Never really played the first one, but all I hear is it's the same thing again, just more. How do you feel about it? Um, I haven't really gone back to it. Oh it's, no, no, I mean like State of Decay two. Yeah, that's what I mean. I've oh, really yeah, gone back, back to, to it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I played it for a few hours. 
and maybe a, a little bit more another day, but just peed it off real Don't, quick. Yeah, yeah well, I guess that's what you can do with Game Pass, eh? You yeah, like, that that is the brilliance of it. Yeah, it's um, you know, I am a Xbox fanboy, but but <laughs> I do are? think I do think it's a really good um service. Don't do this, Ray. Don't shame people for liking Xbox. Don't perk up. You've done this before. Yeah, I've copped it. Candy's copped it. Okay, don't do it. When you your know, team is losing, that's when they need your, your yeah, support the most. I you mean, don't switch teams. You don't ex- punch down. That's not how that works. That's what you're doing, honestly. But, you know, I mean, I, Xbox needs all the support they can get, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bring your mic down, mate. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've touched on, on Sea of Thieves mm. and, you know, the the hundred and something other games they've got. I've, you know, looked through the list and played a few bits and pieces. They've got plenty of uh, 360 games. Yeah. You know, there's lots on there to keep you busy, and it's the price of Netflix each month. Yeah. Like, there's heaps on there. And, Ray, you've been playing No Man's Sky next, but you'll, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that next week, hey? Yes. Yes. Uh, Lee has been playing it avidly. Yes. A little too sick to come in tonight. Yes. Rep. Um, You know, I think he might have a little scratching on the back of his throat, so he can't <laughs> deliver the reviews with that golden voice that everyone loves. <laughs> um, so we're going to delay it till next week. Uh, I have, however, been playing... An interesting game called My Lovely Daughter for the PC. It's a um, fatherhood simulator, but it's like the worst one. <laughs> uh, Glowing so, recommendation. It's not like that sh- dragon I, I know cancer, is it? No. <laughs> not that sort of serious? Uh, I know we don't have much time left, so I'll just give you the skinny. Um, basically, <laughs> your daughter is either dead or dying. You have to keep like rubbing her with embalming fluid to keep her from decomposing. But you're an alchemist, so there is still hope. Uh, basically, you have to use. This is like set in like um, you know, the year eleven hundred or something, right? And you have to go to the marketplace and buy ingredients to craft uh, these little homunculus or homunculi, these little clay golem things okay. that, that are like um, your kind of step in daughters kind of thing. And you imbue them with life, and then you you make them work. You send them to town to work, and then you use that money to buy new ingredients but you can also sacrifice them um to make your daughter's soul stronger i have to apologize i I said that there were no games coming out lately yeah (laughs) that's um, fascinating weird stuff man yeah so basically it's it's all about gathering things and assigning your your weird clay horrible deformed daughters out to work (laughs) and then you know sacrificing them once they've uh, helps you enough for for spirit energy. I'm really I glad mean, it's, that it's you fantastic. gave us the skinny on that, not the fat. Yeah, because man, that's a lot to process. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's interesting. Uh, anyway, it does get a little repetitive. It's not the best game, but boy, that premise. Boy, yeah. what what a premise. <laughs> uh, fortunately or unfortunately, not sure how I feel right now. That brings us to the end of the show this week. We'll be uh, back same time next week. Bye bye. See you soon. <laughs>